I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and on this Monday afternoon, I am delighted to be joined by Jerry Taylor. Jerry, welcome back after a a, a busy weekend, a busy weekend, and there was a, a wee game kind of shoehorned in there as well that we're going to be talking all about. I love to see um, and read the aftermath of any kind of drop points when it comes to Celtic, and I think it's a slightly different feeling I'm getting here than it was after the St. Johnston game. Jerry, yeah, the, the St. Johnston game was at, was at home, um, but we're very, we lacked loads of creativity that day, so there are similarities. But I'm not feeling worried or concerned about it. I just think it's, you know, I'm going to read out a wee quote from Brennan Rogers, which resonated. After 10 games, we've won eight and drawn two. We've been to virtually every tough away ground in the country. And that, that, in a nutshell, that's it. You know, t- after 10 games, we've still got a decent lead at the top of the league. No a great performance. We're going to be talking about that. But there are other circumstances feeding into that, aren't there? Yeah, 100%. It's, I understand people getting frustrated. Um, it's, it's a tough one to take when you don't get any points, but we've been saying for weeks and weeks that the run that we're coming up against now, all the away games... And a lot of people have said, we will be doing really well to take maximum points from all these games. And now we haven't taken maximum points from all these games. Folk are going, how have we not taken maximum points from all these games? The good thing is we're getting all these tough ones out of the way. We're going to be in a better position come January when we're playing all these teams at home with more depth to the squad as well. We all know that's going to happen. I've got no doubt in my mind right now that Brendan Rodgers has got two or three players who he's probably... I wouldn't say he's contacted already because you're not allowed to tap anyone up. But I'm sure he's got some some ideas in place and he's well ahead of us. He's well ahead of us when it comes to anything like that. Also going down that route of why is he playing this player? Why is he playing that player? 
Brendan sees them play every single day. He knows yeah. their attitude. He knows what mindset they're in. We don't. So if he's putting MJ on, there's probably a reason for that because he's seen more than what we see. And anyway, we'll go down the MJ route, but I'm not panicking. I think if we had you want to go down well, the MJ rabbit hole, do you? Do you want to do? That? <laughs> well, <laughs> Let's you, know do it. you said you've been saying for three pre seasons, is this the end for Mike for MJ? He's final. If he gets a run and he doesn't take his chance, we all know he's got to move on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge him on his very first game back because he's going to be full of adrenaline, want to show the fans what he can do in a game like that. I'm not. I'm not going to judge him. Um, he did give the ball away a lot, but it's his first game back. I'm not worried. When we played in, in Wednesday night, I think that's helped a lot. If we hadn't given a good account of ourselves, it would have been a tougher one to take. But we've seen what we can do against these big teams in the Champions League. Champions yes. League. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not worrying too much. A couple more injuries, and I'd probably be worried if we like, lost like Kyogo or someone like that. And I think that's the worry here that we are. We're teetering here. I keep saying we need to get to January because we can't just rely on this first team to get the job done in the first 60 minutes every single game. So we're going to have to strengthen and we will strengthen. I'm, like I say, I'm not. if we drop points at the, the weekend, we'll maybe talk again. But we've seen what we're trying to do and got to give Hibs their credit as well. They came out with a game plan, they stuck to it and, and, they, and they did it well. But no fear here, mate. None at all. No fear. Um, there's a few things I would say about that. We will talk about Mikey Johnson and uh, the rabbit hole that that will take us down. First appearance in a Celtic jersey uh, for the first team, that is, for 19 months. So I'm pretty yes, sure he would have been really keen to impress and um, that often can affect your game in the other way. But one thing I would say, um, name drop alert, Jerry, I'm going to drop a name here. Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill over the weekend. And um, it is relevant. It's not just for the sake of it. I was with Martin O'Neill. And the great thing about that is you get the opportunity away from the stage to actually just have a chat and catch up. And a lot of that is non-Celtic related. You know, Martin will tell you what book he's reading and what movies he's watching. That's the kind of thing that he talks about, as well as the football. But obviously, me being me, I'm like a sponge. I want to ask him about everybody that he's worked with, everybody from Aidan McGeary to Tommy Burns to Roy Keane. I want to hear it all. Ayo Berkovic, everything. Tell me everything. And um, it did help that we were doing a show in Dundee last night, and I was the driver. So we had two hours in the vehicle talking about things like the Yorkshire Ripper. Superb. I love Martin. That's... I love his chat. Honestly. <laughs> I'm telling you. But I did manage to stick in there a wee question about Aid McGeary. Now, although I'm not comparing McGeary to Johnson, McGeary, when he came into the Celtic side, was a revelation. He was absolutely top class. And you'll remember, we spoke to, again, second name drop of the day, sorry guys, <laughs> Charlie Mulgrew, who came through with, with Aidan. And what Charlie said was that there was a certain point in his career when he was a youngster, and I'm talking you know, b- before they had broken into any Celtic sides and they were doing the tournament. So they've gone all over Europe, player of the tournament every time, Aidan McGeady. Head and shoulders above everybody of his age group, regardless of what team he played for all over Europe. And I asked Martin O'Neill that question and I said to him, you know, Charlie Mulgrew, his teammate, his friend said that even though he was able to develop into a player that achieved so much for Celtic in Ireland and, you know, as a footballer, Charlie's belief was he could have done even more. He could have done even better. And Martin O'Neill said he agreed. And the reason, the one part of his game that Martin couldn't coach out of him 
was this inability to make sure that final part of the game was effective. And I'm talking releasing the ball early enough, getting in the killer pass often enough. That was the part of his game that Martin O'Neill felt was lacking. Um, he felt he could have coached out of him as a youngster. Uh, obviously, O'Neill played on the wing uh, for a lot of his career as well, so he thought he could really tap into it. He wasn't able to. He had a sterling career. I mean, 95 caps for Ireland, everything they achieved, big money moves, the whole thing. Now at Air United, a club not far away from you. But the similarities I'm talking about is that last bit of the game for Mikey Johnson. That bit where you need the killer pass, you need to know when to re- release the ball, um, you need to be able to you know, be instinctive and incisive when you get an opportunity yourself. That's lacking at the moment. I think if we didn't know Mikey, we'd probably say it was down to nerves or inexperience. But we've been talking about this since he broke into the team. you know. And this is my big concern, Jerry. And I think even when Brendan was talking about Mikey Johnson, it's, it's not as though he was like fulsome in his praise. He gave him enough praise. But he also said you know, there, are, there are elements of Mikey's game that, that need to improve. Yeah, as it's, it's a bit like it's a bit deja vu when it comes to him, isn't it? Like when he came on the game and you were you seen what he was trying and trying is the word that we keep saying, isn't it? It's just trying that little bit too hard. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, like I say, in January, I think we're going to see a totally different beast when it comes to the squad. Um, who we bring in, Brendan's using what he's got at his disposal just now, and we always knew it was going to be be like that. But like I say, I'm not I'm not losing any faith. I'm not counting Mikey Johnson out, but I feel like we've we've, we've done this rodeo. So I just I don't know what's gonna happen with it. But I Aiden, Aiden McGee, I absolutely loved him. I remember when he was first coming into the team and everyone's like, Have you seen that video? I don't even think YouTube was out, was it? It must have been. Um so it was that video, do you remember of him when he's doing the keepy uppies with the football? That's right. Yeah. When he's decking and he's his dad's filming it and then he goes from he's the wearing football. Ireland jersey, isn't he? He's wearing That's right. Ireland shirt. That's right. And he, he goes from the football to the tennis ball to the golf ball. And as watching that as a youngster's like that, this boy's got it. This boy's got it. But I do remember getting frustrated. It's like, right, you're, you're brilliant at the tricks. Get the ball in the box. Stop trying to do it all yourself. He was always looking for that kind of Hollywood goal, wasn't he? And like you say, if Martin O'Neill couldn't untrain him I don't think anyone was going to be able to do that uh, but uh, just imagine how good it could have been if he did release that killer ball every now and again the thing is yeah it's about being able, being able as an individual to to take on board that your game has to change you know feedback isn't see the thing with feedback in all walks of life it can be great but I, I think unsolicited feedback which I get a lot of on here um, it's fantastic, but it doesn't That's just mean the accent. Yeah, hi, exactly. <laughs> Once you get it, it doesn't mean to say you've got to implement the feedback. But if I implemented every bit of feedback I got, there would be no identity to Axon because you wouldn't have any kind of vision whatsoever. It would be everybody else's tuppence worth in. But when it comes to football, I think that when you're talking to a man like Martin O'Neill, who by that stage, and I, I did know about his playing career, Jerry, but not to the same kind of level um, as I did after reading his book, obviously. Here's a man who comes over from Ireland, the north of Ireland, having played for Distillery, uh, which was the same team we purchased uh, Anton Rogan and Alan McKnight from later later down the line. So Mark Moneo played with them. And he was one of these footballers, Jerry, who whenever there was a challenge, challenge thrown at him, he... he you know, he ended up doing the butterfly. You know what I mean? He was just, he took it in his stride. 
And when he, as a youngster, played in the Irish Cup final, he scores two. They were playing Derry City. He scores two, they win 3-0. That Irish Cup final gets him into the, the European Cup Winners' Cup, right? Where they play Barcelona. They play Barcelona, right? And Martin O'Neill scores against Barcelona as a 19-year-old playing for Distillery. Eventually, the call comes in. It's Nottingham Forest. Not Brian Clough. He comes later. Nottingham Forest bring him in. And he scores on his debut against West Bromwich Albion. You know, he was one of the guys that whatever challenge was put in front of him, he was able to smash all the way through it. A couple of weeks later, they played that great Manchester United side at Old Trafford, top best, Law, Charlton. And he scores. And they win 3-2. And this is this was like Martin's playing career, which as a Celtic fan, you knew that he played, you knew he was part of that amazing Brian Clough team. But he didn't quite get a sense of just how good and successful a footballer he was. In terms of the country that he played for, obviously when he broke in, he's, he's playing alongside Pat Jennings and George Best. He captains um, his country in the 1982 World Cup finals, the, the great side uh, that Norman Whiteside and all these guys played for. He was the first, cap, uh, first Catholic captain ever um, to captain his nation, and it was Billy Bingham that picked him. You know, he was he was a phenomenal footballer. But the, the best part of that story was Nottingham Forest, a 39-year-old comes in, Brian Clough. <laughs> and, you know, if, if you want to hear more about this, come along and see Martin because we're going to do a, a, an event with him. Axel, I'm going to be doing an event with Martin O'Neill and Greenock on the 26th of January. Tickets have not yet been released, but I wasn't going to really mention that until after the weekend. So we're going to do a big night with Martin. But the Brian Clough thing, right, they're in the second division, Jerry. They get promoted into the first the first division, as it was called back then. They didn't even win the league. They, they got promoted. And they win the league at the first first time of asking, right? They win the first division, first time of asking. At that time, Liverpool were the European Cup holders. They had won the European Cup. So they win the, the league when teams like Liverpool are in it. The following year, so they get promoted, they win the league, then they win the European Cup the following season, and they win the European Cup again, twice on the bounce. That was Martin O'Neill's playing career. So if you're a young footballer and that man is telling you, I think I can improve your game, you're going to listen, right? <laughs> and if you don't, if you don't, then hell mend you, right? Um, but the reason I'm saying all that is because I think there are players in our team that can still develop, and I think we're seeing it with the likes of Matt O'Reilly. Matt O'Reilly, Rio Atati, right? Really, really bad start to the season for him, mainly through injury. But these are the guys that the likes of Brennan Rodgers, who doesn't have that playing care behind them, can tap into. And you can see it with guys like Matt O'Reilly. Can he do it with someone like Mikey Johnson? Let me know in the comments. I don't even think Brendan at this stage is convinced that he can. But if anyone's going to do it, I'm thinking Brendan Rodgers is a man to do it. I want to talk about Euro hangovers. What's the worst Euro hangover you've ever had, uh, Jerry? I'm thinking when I turned 21 in Palmanova. That was quite a bad hangover in Europe. <laughs> the, Have you had a worst? What's the worst one? Like actual hangover with a drink or just absolutely gutted with the drink? <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it was definitely 100% when uh, Nakamura scored the free kick and Boric saved the penalty against Man United because I remember yeah. it because what happened was all my mates got tickets and I had one, but I was a support worker at the time and they says, look, you, we've got no cover for this guy, you need to come in. I was like, are you kidding me? So I had to go into my work. Oh, so all yeah. my mates were messaging, ah, 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 and I missed that game. And I remember I got back from work. I watched, I watched it in the telly 
And I remember I got back from work and I was so annoyed that I missed it, but still <laughs> euphoric, I had these mixed emotions and I got absolutely steaming and I don't think I slept for about two days after it. That was a bad thing. <laughs> Worth it though. Worth that is it. a Euro hangover brought on by a phenomenal Euro display. You know, apparently, this is a... oh, sorry, sorry. Apparently, you know how it's Saha that missed the penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, is it Neil Lennon's book? Gary Neville turns to Neil Lennon just before it and says, he's going to miss this watch. Really? Gary Neville turned to Lennon and says, it's in his book. And uh, I love it in Martin O'Neill's book. And there's a couple of stories I loved about Martin O'Neill, just to take it back a wee bit. So Neil Lennon signed his first contract with him on a pizza box, didn't he? <laughs> Martin O'Neill went to his flat to get him. Was he playing with crew at the time? Um, he had actually, he had, he had gone to, to crew, he started off at Man City and he was at crew when O'Neill bought him for, for Leicester. Yep. For Leicester, and I love that one. But my favourite story is when, when Neil Lennon obviously got that death threat phone call when he was away with the national team. So he's obviously been threatened with his life and he says he goes back to Celtic Park. <laughs> And Martin O'Neill says, oh, welcome back, Neil. I see you got my phone call. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Then that's great management. For me, that's brilliant management. Instead of coming in going, is everything okay? Apparently, when, and he said that, and Chris Sutton went, what was that couch you were sitting on all about? My grand's got a better one than that, or something like that. Yeah. And I love that mentality. And you can see Clough being someone like that, can't you? You can see that by... It was it was bred in him to be a winner by Clough. You can see that with Martin O'Neill, and you can see the way he's quite savage with his players to get them on side, if that makes sense, to make them feel that they're still part of the team, part of the boys. He uses the dark humour, and I absolutely love that. Love that. I, I think so. Y- you know... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It can go both ways, I think, because um, he was a very complex character, was Brian Clough, by all accounts. And... um, the, the way that he approached it could have basically, you know, it was a sink or swim mentality with the players. Uh, Martin O'Neill wanted to constantly prove them wrong, constant, constantly wanted to prove them wrong, whereas there are other players, I'm sure, Jerry, that um, just kind of wallow in their own self-despair and, and they're not able to overcome the fact that they don't think the gaffer uh, rates them. Um, but then there, there's a great part in the, the story in his last day at Nottingham Forest and he realises there was always that uh, mutual respect. It's just that he didn't show it very often towards him. Um, but talking of replicating your managers, because there's, there's no doubt that um, you take some something from the gaffer that, that has managed you for so long. Um, <laughs> I do remember. Remember Paul Lambert started turning into Martin O'Neill? Can you remember that? Paul Lambert. <laughs> So, Lambo, do. I started to look more like a geek. 
<laughs> listen, right, it, it was bizarre. Go and check it out, right, on Google, right? Just type in Paul Lambert becomes Martin O'Neill. And slowly but surely, Lambert had obviously started making a name for himself in management. And then what he started doing, like, even down to pulling the socks over the tracky bottoms, and then he would wear something underneath the the collar would be coming out of the jersey. And then he started rolling up his sleeves. And then the glasses came on. And this is at that point that Chris Sutton said, he doesn't even need glasses. He's trying to be Martin O'Neill. So obviously, I think he took it too far. You've got to be your own man and then take little elements from everybody that you've worked with. Uh, You can learn from them all, good and bad. But yes, we are in a name-dropping mood today. We're talking about Euro hangovers. And that's the terminology that's used time and time again. Um, and again, I was talking about someone who knows a lot more about football than me because he's managed Celtic in these competitions, and that is Martin O'Neill, of course. And I asked him about it. And, and, and what he said, he pointed out, he goes, Paul, it does exist. It is a real thing, and it's not always physical. He says, you know, you've got the thing where you could have uh, been travelling. We weren't this week. You could have been travelling back from the European game and then there's a real quick turnaround and it's a physical, you know, exertion to try and get everybody in. They can look a little bit empty, their legs can look a bit empty. He says, but don't underestimate the the mental side of it, where it's the elation of that Champions League game. I mean, you, you know how you felt after that game. They were all buzzing, right? And you're having to be scraped off the ceiling to come back down to earth, go to Easter Road, which is like half empty other than the Celtic area, and get the job done domestically. He said, that is real. That thing, that part of it, that part of the hangover is real. Again, let's go back to a conversation we had at the weekend, Jerry, with Ian Conroy uh, and Liam on the show. We were talking about you don't consider that. They're footballers. They get paid loads of money. They just need to tune in, switch it on and, and go. doesn't work like that, is it? No, it definitely doesn't. It's the chemicals in your body, you can't really control at times. Well, we're kind of speaking this before the, we come on the show. Sometimes the anxiety and the build-up to something, right? Now, I'm going to use this, and I promise I won't hark back to it again, right? This is Rock's game, okay? Did you play? I, 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 I don't know if you know that, by the way. Ben's got in touch with me today. Apparently, he's been on the Celtic podcast slating my goalkeeping again, so oh, watch brilliant. out for this. So he's, he's taking uh, it to the mainstream. He's oh, going to the mainstream with it, so <laughs> it's going to get messy, all right? But uh, I've got wee Wido Vicky and Lisa backing me up now, so they, they know the score. They know the score. So anyway... Where were we going with that? I totally took myself off on a tangent. Uh, it's about sometimes the build-up build rather up. than the 90-minute game, yeah. Exactly. See, when I went, I was so excited for it, the build-up, obviously. And there was, what, 800 fans there, not 60,000. And I was buzzing. But see, the next week, mate, I was absolutely knackered, destroyed, but mentally. And yeah. the fact is, these players, they're on Twitter. They'll be seeing what's said about them, the extra pressure that's getting put on them by the fans, the media... All this build-up, they don't want to let the fans down and they put everything into that game Wednesday, absolutely everything. And it wasn't, it was like, the emotion was huge. There'll also be players that were emotional for Hitati for going off, you know what I mean? The the highs of, we we might get a result here to, we're not. And that's happened with Lazio as well and and find with ups and downs and ups and downs. But it's absolutely brilliant experience for these players. Amazing. Because you go into it next year, they know what's coming. They know it's coming. Add some extra depth to the squad as well. We're going to get better and better. We're not getting the points on the board when it comes to the Champions League as much, but we're putting in the performances. What we need to do now is just add to that squad and make sure we can be doing it in the league straight after as well. It was a come down, I feel. I really do feel it was. 
it, it definitely was. There's no doubt about it. Now you were talking there. We're talking about the um, the Champions League campaign um, as a whole, and you know every game seems to have had something that was a circumstance you go back to and say, ah, but you know two red cards against Feyenoord. What if Palmer? I almost called on Palmer over. You got me started on Euro Hangovers. What if Palmer? <laughs> what if Palmer's goal had stood? You know, and then you start the what ifs, and we had a lot of what ifs last season, and then this time round. Rio Tata gets injured in the first five minutes just after he started to show the form we know he's capable of in the previous two games. So, so far, it's been a kind of what-if campaign. And I just think, by the way, despite all that excellent result, brilliant result against Atletico Madrid, and also, if they didn't believe it already, and I'm sure Brennan Rodgers would have been drumming it into them in the lead-up to that game, Jerry, they now look at that situation against that side and think, yeah, we went toe-to-toe with them, we got a decent result, we could have even got a better result. By the time the, the next game comes round against uh, Atletico Madrid, it's going to be even harder because it's away from home. But at least you've you've already done that. So, you know, a lot of the anxieties and all this kind of stuff, you've that's out the road now. And then you go into the, the game in Spain. Um, I, I tell you what, if we could get a similar result over there, phenomenal. And it really makes things interesting. I think it's going to be a tight group. And, you know, if, if we only get the six games this season, and it seems a wee bit like I'm repeating myself because I said this last year, you then look at next year and think, right, how can you grow? How can you build from it? Have we done it from the last campaign? I think the change of manager uh, threw everything up in the yeah. air when it came to that. You know, I was looking forward to seeing Ange Postecoglou and his side developing this season. He would have probably approached it the exact same way. You know, when we were 2-1 up against uh, Atletico Madrid, here's a point, when we were 2-1 up against them, Ange would have played that game completely different, Jerry. And I'm not, you know, listen, no one knows what would have happened. But one thing's for sure, Ange wouldn't have uh, made a tactical change uh, and become more defensive. I think he would have just went, all right, so they're going to try and hit us, we'll hit them back. Aye. And it would have been, we'll outscore you. He used to speak about that, didn't he? I'd much rather get beat 4-3 than draw nothing each. And mm. it's like, we might have ended up getting beat 4-3 and coming away with zero points. So there was a pragmatism to the approach by Brendan Rodgers. He comes into this game against uh, Hibs at Easter Road and the decision, the big decision is, okay, Rio Atati's out, obviously. Who do you pick? I had no complaints about Bernardo being in. Do you think he played okay? I think he did okay. I think he was a bit tired legs at times as well. And again, it's like, how do you get a young player G'd up for a match like that and then say, right, now Hibs? You know, it's it's going to take time. It's going to, it keeps changing the middle of the park, um, who is who is Rio Hitati's uh, understudy, basically. And I don't think we truly know because I don't think anyone's truly good enough to replace him. So it's just trying this, tinkering with this. Keeps going back to January again with it. But we have done so well against these teams. And do you know what I think it is, uh, Paul John? It's a belief thing. See, when we were playing Lazio and we were going at them and we scored, and then it was a case as if it's like... We're one up, one nil up against Lazio. What if they score? That needs you can feel it in the ground as well. That needs to go. We're Celtic. We're playing great. Have that belief, and just like you said, Ange would have been a case of we're two one up. He's the whole uh, was it Zombieland? One of the rules: double tap, boom, get your first one. Do it again. He would have went for that 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 third goal. We know he would have done. It would have left us exposed. But so. Definitely different, definitely different. I think the belief we've showed in the three games, we belong in the Champions League. So let's go the next three games. And if you go ahead, don't get scared. I mean, look at our group chat. I'm not going to grasp them in. We were 
as soon as we scored against them into the group chat, we've scored this far too early. That needs to go, that mentality. Reveal that, yourself. That's some <laughs> contributor. Reveal yourself. I'm not going to say some point this <laughs> I will look at but I was the same I was like I said it in the ground I'm sure I said to James this is too early to score but why do we feel like that why we've scored it early so that means we've got 85 minutes to score another one but we don't it seems to be Celtic fans were like right can we keep ahead can we do this start believing right if we can get that first goal we can get another one alright and I think that transfers over to the players in the park should have seen it it's even <laughs> When we were ahead and everyone in the park just seemed to be vaping. <laughs> Do that way with nerves. Anyone walking by would have thought there was a new Pope that's been revealed. <laughs> I mean, it was just <laughs> vape after vape. But um, it's, it's the Celtic way, and it? It's just like, we just feel sometimes it's that imposter syndrome. This year we don't. It's not imposter syndrome. We belong with these teams and we've been given a great account of ourselves. So close, yet so far. We've got three more games. Mm-hmm. I'm scared we've made I'd like to go angry. Well, we know we've made them angry because they're angry yeah. anyway. Doesn't well, take much. They're rattled. They definitely are rattled. rattled. I heard uh, Rogers' comments about Diego Simeone uh, and the way that he obviously approached the, the the handshake. You left Brendan hanging for a bit and then gave him a wee cursory wee tap on the hand kind of thing. And, he, and Brendan dealt with it really well, uh, as you would expect. But he, he did go on to say, listen, they're on that plane back to Spain thinking we were up against a really good side here. And he's right. And I think we have rattled them. And yeah, it can work two ways because it gives it galvanises you as a side to go into that next game in a different state of mind, right? And that state of mind isn't a defeatist one or, you know, an inferiority complex. You go and think we can challenge. We really can. We showed that for 95 minutes at Celtic Park. But on the other side of that is you've got uh, the other team who are rattled and who have got immense quality in their ranks. So it's a very interesting um, coming together, I'm sure, when we play them over in Spain. But the, the state of mind, that's what I think it comes down to a lot of the time. Had a really, really good discussion last night with the ex-Motherwell player John Gagan, who was also part of the, the live gig that we did. And he has now been on the after-dinner speaking circuit for 30 years. And he's one-off the best in the business. He's phenomenal. But the discussion I had with him, he was talking my language about state of mind and being able to tune into a, a frame of mind, Jerry, that um, Andy Lynch spoke about when he was talking about Kenny Dalglish and Simon Lynch, Andy's son, spoke about when he was talking about Henrik Larson. Now, Larson wasn't always like that. You know, when when we picked him up for a steal and that was because Vim Janssen knew about a, a clause in Henrik's contract um, having managed them previously, he wasn't having a great time you know, at Feyenoord. So Henrik Larson was not always this invincible guy who played to a certain level every single week, could always be relied upon for his previous teams I'm talking about. It comes to Celtic and somewhere along the line, he's able to flick that switch. He's able to flick the switch whereby, and, and it, yeah, it wasn't against Hibs at Easter Road when he laid on Chick Charlie for the winning goal, but he eventually did, you know, he was able to tap into that mind frame. And I've spoken to footballers, it really intrigues me. How do you get to that? And they tell me that if you know and you understand that you become an exceptional footballer because you might have the talent, but you just don't know how to do it consistently. Um, you know, some players talk about almost an out-of-body experience. Andy's taken a penalty kick in a Scottish Cup final against Rangers, 1977. And he's not even the penalty kick taker. He says, but, you know, he didn't overthink it. At no point was he visualising him missing the penalty. He just tapped into that 
the confidence, the momentum, all this kind of thing. And I'll tell you what, if every player could do it, the dog walk levels, it's only the, the select few who is able to do it. So physically, they've got to be right. Mentally, they've got to be right. And I think a lot of that came into it at the weekend after such a high um, against Atletico Madrid. You asked the question, so I want to discuss it for a wee bit. And I want your comments, actually talking to which, before I go into it, I need to bring some of these comments up. Loads of discussion going on. Who is Hitati's replacement? Do we have one? And I don't mean like for like because we know he's exceptional. Or do we play the opposition and pick the starting 11 um, in relation to that? Are there different games that maybe you think Bernardo is suited in or maybe Awata is suited in? Because obviously we don't have another Rio Atati. Now, Jungle Lion, welcome back to the show. No panic. And why should there be? That's where I am with this at, at the moment. Uh, Stephen Sloan, 2023 summer signings. Lager, Bielk, 3 million. Home, 2.5 or 2.6. Awata, 830 grand. Yang, 2.1. Kwon, 850 grand. And Tilio, 1.5. Equaling 10.88 million quid down the drain. For a club so prudent, we don't have squandered a lot of money. Right. I'm going to take this because a massive part of the discussion after this nothing eats draw east the road, Jerry, is recruitment. Lack of or lack of quality within the recruitment. And I think what's happened is um, those players that, that Stephen mentions, right, move Awata out of the equation. We know what Awata gives us. He'd been at the club for a year prior to, obviously, the deal getting made permanent. The rest of them, each and every one of them, could be a really positive signing but they were not bought to go straight into the team. And by I noticed, obviously, uh, the one who's playing well, Palmer, isn't in the list. But what will happen is, you know, in time, I think home will be a shrewd, shrewd signing for Celtic. I think he's in the mould that he could eventually become a number six. Yeah, I'm going to say he could eventually replace Callum McGregor, but I don't mean as club captain. I mean in terms of his role in the midfield, Jerry. Um, Awata, we know what Awata can do, a very you know, versatile player for, for Brennan Rodgers. Lagerbelt, he's got probably games earlier than he expected, so he's wanting to work on. Yang showed some early promise, still got work to go. Kwon, who knows, because we've never seen him play in a competitive game of football. And similar with, with, with Tilio. So I don't think these guys were bad signings, Jerry. I just don't think they were peppered with the two or three guys that are going to be replacing Moy and Jota and Staffelt, because they're the three guys that we've lost. Yang um, showed some early promise. Palmer has leapfrogged him. Palmer's now the guy that you would pick in the starting 11. But we've lost three quality players, and we haven't brought in three who would go straight into your first team, Jerry. And I think that's the issue. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, definitely. I think if we had a couple of players that we brought in that were really kind of giving us great accounts of themselves, we wouldn't be looking at all the other transfer signings as failures, if that makes sense. You wouldn't focus on them, would you? You wouldn't focus on them. I think, I get what you're saying, mate, with the comment. I think it's slightly harsh to say that they're basically a drain of their money because all I'll say is Liam Scales, all right? He's had his run out and proved that he's a top, top quality player. We don't know that these guys aren't top, top quality players because they haven't had a fair run out. Lagerbielk, in my opinion, was looking a great player. He's an international. He's scoring at international level. So I'm not buying into that it's a waste of money because I don't think they've had a fair chance. Quan's had 45 minutes. Right, I jinxed him for the start by saying he was going to be our best signing. So it's not his fault. It's my fault. Jerry, he thought he would be the best signing. He was. He did actually. He did. That's probably what convinced me. I'm so easily. I'm so easily swung. That guy says he's great. I believe him. I believe him. <laughs> but Tilio's. I don't know about Tilio. I'm hearing a lot of things. There was a few of my mates were at the Air United game, and they weren't. Then it's not mates that are usually quite tough on people, but they said we know he hasn't played, but they just they didn't look. I think it was his size that were kind of put off by, and he looked like he got out-muscled a lot. I'm not sure I was near the game. I'm just quoting what people said. Tilio was the one I was excited about as well. But mm. we don't know. We really don't know. There were so many people saying, Liam Scales is they good enough. Look up now. What? Why? Because he got a run. And that's the hardest thing. I know it's Celtic. You're not always going to get a run. You have to hit the ground running. And we're expecting this from a lot of these young players, and it's, it's not going to happen. They've come into a club that's... T- all over the place with their signing policy with, with their previous manager leaving and stuff. It just wasn't great. Give us January. Give Brendan his window. Get some of these boys out and loan because they do need the game time. And look what happens when we send some of our players out and loan. They come back even better. And we need to start doing it again, I think, with most of them. Get them in our league, though, playing. I'm not into this sending them all down south in case they don't get a game. Give them to a team that they know they're going to get a run out. You know... There's a few things there, Jerry, that I want to pick up on. Liam Scales, obviously, being one of them. Um, but we are, and I'm guilty of it, probably too keen to to write a player off. I think that what we need to do is we need to focus on the previous two transfer windows because that listed names that Stephen brought up there, they could become your Liam Scales a year down the line, 18 months down the line. That is the very nature of these prospect stroke project players. I know people don't like the terminology, but you sign players to develop them for the first team and you buy players to put straight into the first team. And that's the the differential. That's the difference between the two sets of players. And I think that the ones that were brought in just now, I'm not writing any of them off. What I would do, however, is I'd go back to transfer windows. And I think the conversation has to be about Burnaby, Seagrist, Kobayashi and O. I think that's the group of players that by this stage, having been at the club for a couple of years or a full year, calendar year, they need to have been making a an impact in the team. And not one of them is at the moment making that type of impact where they become a player that genuinely, when you're looking at the starting 11, are pushing for a jersey. Is O going to displace Kyogo? No. Bernabe, not even on the bench. Seagrass, not on the bench. Kobayashi, not on the bench. So these transfers that have, that have came in, they've had the time to bed in, get uh, accustomed to the culture, the climate, the style of football you play, the style of football the Scottish, the Scottish game offers. They're the guys that if there's going to be a criticism, they're the guys that we need to look at. The, the group that have just came in, Jerry, would have all loved two or three 
instant impact players who can go right in the first team. It didn't happen. Rogers spoke about it fairly recently at a CSC event. Uh, that was confirmed. I know that there was a WhatsApp going around. I got it confirmed from someone um, who was there and who heard it. Um, and he spoke about, yeah, he did want two or three others and they couldn't get the, get the business done for whatever reason. Hopefully that business is done in January, Jerry. But I, I think if you're going to be critical and cast a critical eye over it, take that group of four guys who were all in the same kind of bracket in terms of transfer fees and they've not kicked on. They've not established themselves at Celtic and they're nowhere near it. They're, no, they're not on the bench, these guys. You know, Oh, yeah, O's coming on. He's getting a few minutes here or there. Tell me, are you convinced? I'm not, I'm not wanting to write any any young player off. Um, however, I'm looking for more from the four players that I've mentioned rather than the collection of players that Stephen Sloan has mentioned there. So that's the way I would look at it, Jerry. No, do you know what? That's a great point you've made there, mate. A great point. I wish I'd made it myself, damn it. <laughs> Aye, these guys have had the chance to bed in and they're not, they're not showing it. They're not showing it at all. See, when it comes to O, you know, I was vocal about it at the weekend. I was sticking up for him and I was having a think about it. And I do still feel like, give him a run. But because we had Jack and Marcus that was coming on and making that impact every time they brought him on, it's like, that's what we need O to be doing. However, when Jack and Marcus started doing that, he started to get a bit, oh, I need to get out of this club. I'm doing well. They're not starting me. Would that happen with O if he started getting those goals when he came on as well? It's one of those mad things. I think we need another striker in definitely in January. Mm-hmm. I'd keep a hold of O. I think there's something about him. I really like him. But then again, any player I like. <laughs> Does he seem to, uh, the Jerry Jinx. Jerry Jinx. Right, well, I'll just say this then. O's terrible. Get him. Get him to well, let's see what happens now. But he scores, scores this week at the weekend. We, we've got a week. Week game, aren't we? St Mirren, Wednesday night. Um, Tuesday oh. night, in actual fact. Tomorrow night, I'm uh, with Pierre Van Hoydonk, George Cadet and John Collins. Um, that's a big bong times three for another three massive name drops. Mm-hmm. But we're doing that at uh, Don Max in Socky Hall Street on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, we've got the game against St Mirren. Um, we'll talk a wee bit about that. There's a few shout-outs we've got here. The first one, we Jamie Tierney, right? Now, we have spoken about we Jamie and his condition and we're working closely with his family to try and raise awareness, first and foremost, and funds um, so that he can get his treatment for uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It costs 60 grand a year, every year. There's no cure for for wee Jamie's condition. And the Celtic fan base have really come together. Um, I think uh, up at the weekend there, uh, Jim Crockwell drove from Glasgow all the way up to Dundee uh, to get, wait a minute, Dumfries? Was it Dumfries? He, he drove, he actually drove to Dumfries. Wow. He was wow. trying to get a hold of you, by the way, yesterday. What was he? Aye. He drove to Dumfries to get things signed. And then he took them to Dunfermline. So these are the kind of efforts people are going to to try and raise some funds. There was a big ball at the weekend in Dunfermline Saturday night, and they raised loads of money for the wee fella. So next year, 2024, we are in discussions as we speak about pulling together a charity football game. We got the bug the other week at, at The Rock, Jerry. so there's going to be loads more to share with you as uh, the weeks and months come on. But we're going to do a charity game, we're going to do a big charity ball, and we're going to raise as much as we can for the wee fella. But big shout out to them, Jerry. Great work they're doing. It's been magnificent, and to yourself, mate. I know that you're quite quite modest, and you don't do this for any kudos. None of us do, but Paul John, the work that you've been doing, mate, is outstanding. Putting all these gigs on, driving to them, driving them being their personal chauffeurs, 
and it's you don't give yourself enough credit because I know you don't want credit for it, mate. So let me do it. What you and the team have been doing is outstanding. It's incredible, and that's what Celtic's all about. I've been getting messages from other people, mate. That we'll talk about this guy as well. This in his yeah, this boxing event coming up, but people are reaching out because you do give that that family feel and that that charitable vibe, and that that is what it's all about. You've done it with us. You're doing it with other people. So I want to say on the show now, I'm so proud of what you've done, mate. It's amazing. That's appreciated, Jerry. And you're right; it does um, bring people together. And I think that you know, collectively, we're a lot stronger as a fan base, as a community. Um, and with regards to the the charitable element, and obviously trying to to raise some awareness and, and funds for for wee Jamie, I just think it shows you in abundance the kind of support that's out there uh, for you as well. And you're right. You know, by the way, I must apologise anyone who's been messaging over the last couple of days. I have been on the road a wee bit, so I'm going to get back to everybody no today. Stopped. He's literally no stopped. So I'll get back to everybody on the emails and the DMs over the next 24 hours or so. Um, we did receive a really interesting um, message on, on the socials, yourself included, Jerry. And I'm going to apologise in advance for this one, right? Because I'm trying to get the correct pronunciation. I hate pronouncing names incorrectly. I'm trying to get the, the correct pronunciation. And I know someone in the comments will tell. Oh, you got it there? Tell us. No, I went, to go on, I went to go on my Twitter and I had my TikTok because the app thingies look so similar now. It sounded like something else, but uh, we'll come back to that. Um, this is uh, the current Commonwealth champion, boxing champion, and her name, and I'm sorry in advance, I really want you to tell me the pronunciation of her name. It, I think it looks like Tysie, it's T-Y-S-I-E, I think it's an Irish name, and, and it's Gallagher. So tell me in the comments, how do you pronounce that name? Uh, because she's Tizzy, already... Is it Tizzy. I wonder if that's a nickname because she's a boxer, so it's like Tyson, so they call her Tysie. Oh, right. Okay, I never even considered that. Uh, WBO World Title uh, is coming up in France, 24th of November. Big shout out um, to Paul uh, McGowan for letting us know about that as well. And that's not the Paul McGowan that used to play for Celtic and runs about playing for Dundee with a police tag on his ankle. It's a different Paul McGowan. But thank you very much for letting us know. We're always looking to support anybody with a Celtic state of mind, please let me know how to pronounce the name. I hate getting names wrong. Um, I want to talk a wee bit about what went wrong, actually, at the weekend, Jerry. Um, people might say that's a contradiction. Not Well, we never won the game. So what went wrong? And um, going back to Bernardo, I thought Bernardo had a very good first half. He faded, but I would expect that. He's not played a lot of games since he came to Celtic. And, of course, he played 90 minutes against Atletico Madrid on Wednesday night. So he did fade... Um, I'm not blaming him, absolutely not. I think it was more to do with the fact that Kyogo was starved of service up top. We couldn't get in behind the Hibs defence, who had obviously worked on the defensive element of their game following a humping against Rangers. They thought, we're not allowing that to happen again. And they played their defensive game really, really well. The wingmen at that point, obviously, are Yang, not Yang, sorry, Palma and Maeda. So I think that they failed to get in behind the defence and supply Kyogo with any kind of chance to win the game. He's your, your game. He's your match winner, OK? Didn't happen. Um, and then, obviously, they were they were hooked. And we ended up with a situation where Mikey Johnston and James A. Forrest are both on the park. Instantly, because of who it is, they get criticised. I think when you watch the game, though, Jerry, we started creating more chances when they were on the park. Exactly. The energy came from them. 
that's where the energy came from and it showed you how much the energy's obviously been sapped out of the team. And another thing with Bernardo as well that I didn't even think about, he didn't know he was going to be playing that game. So he had no mental prep to go, I'm going to play 85 minutes against Atletico Madrid. He was thrown straight in, so that exhausted him as well. I think he did well, first half, like you said. But with Forrest, and it, you saw it, there was jokes made about it, about winding your clocks back, I said the other day, to 2018. But Forrest got a chance and hit the bar. He was unlucky not to score. MJ was trying everything. And when we created more chances when the three of them come on at the end. So how can you complain about that? You can't say, oh, imagine bringing them on. Did we get more chances? Yeah. Here we go. It's simple. It's not who we wanted to be brought on, but and probably not who Brendan Rodgers wants to be able to bring on because he yeah. hasn't got his full squad. But we've got to play with what we've got. And I think, what is Forrest 32? 30, but let me just double check that. Somebody said he was 32 the other day because I thought he was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's 32. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it took PJ to pronounce it. It did. Took me a long time. I had to get him to clarify that it's the urban culture. You call him culture? I was calling him Kulshi or something. Kulshi. Uh, <laughs> this is coming for someone who is referred to uh, as various different names, mainly online. Uh, but by the way, I don't mind John Paul or JP, Paul John, PJ, whatever. It's uh, all uh, the, the other ones. I, I don't quite get Oh, I get called plenty at all. Yes. Uh, I just do want to get the name right because I'd love to be able to follow uh, her progress and uh, wish her absolutely all the best. Um, so, yeah, let us know. I'm just having a look through the comments just now. Can I just say, while you're doing that then, see yeah. when it comes to... Hold on to get this Twitter back up. Here's with. another one from the Urban Culture telling us to get a room. <laughs> <laughs> so, with uh, Tysie Gallagher, right, the boxer, so if you can follow her on Twitter, basically she's going to France the 24th of November, but she also does a lot of community work about promoting anti-knife crime and stuff like that as well. So she's she's really pushing it and really doing really well. So if you can follow her on Twitter... Anyway, what do you mean get a room? Somebody's jealous, mate. Somebody's well, jealous. well, talking of jealous, uh, I want to talk about Matt O'Reilly for a week. I was going to say, I'm named Matt O'Reilly, so. <laughs> but before I do it, um, as soon as obviously the the, the, uh, the game is underway and we start looking at your WhatsApp messages and your social media updates, etc., um, we found out very quickly there had been an issue with Celtic fans getting into the ground. Uh, there was a fiasco, uh, very dangerous as well, and it was caused. And I'm going by all the comments from people that I know who were at the game and other people within the social media world. It was caused by the police, poor policing. Um, there was people on uh, horseback and uh, they basically created a scenario, Jerry, uh, in this day and age that should not happen, where there was crushing ensued to the point where kids and everything were just basically getting taken out of the crowd. And it's not for the first time that that's happened at Easter Road. So um, I noticed that the Celtic Trust were right on it. And they were asking for information, uh, people to share their experiences so that, you know, a dossier could be created and collated and uh, something could be done about it. And I noticed that JP Taylor, Celtic's um, fan liaison, support liaison officer, also asked similarly for everybody who was there and experienced it to send their experiences to him via email because there needs to be a debrief. There needs to be a learning from that. Um, as I say, what have we learned in terms of dealing with any scenario at a football ground? Because generally what they'll do is they'll blame it on fans. They'll say the fans turned up late, et cetera, et cetera. Because that's what they've done when a similar thing happened uh, with St. Johnston at Easter Road. And so we need to get the truth uh, 
instantly sent over to JP so that uh, he is armed with as much information as he possibly can have when he goes into this debrief and when he goes into um, this process of trying to learn how to do it better, Jerry. When you start hearing things like that, it, it absolutely it's mind-boggling. In this day and age, after what we know happened at Hillsborough um, and the way that football fans have been treated uh, with, with kettling, etc., uh, in, in recent times, it's still going on. They're just treated absolutely terribly, football fans, to the point where you're wondering, um, does the authorities and the police even want us to attend football games? They're, they're making it as uncomfortable as possible. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Do you know something? I haven't been really angry in a few months. I'm not allowed to. It's part of my 12 steps. I'm not allowed to get angry, right? When Natasha sent that message in to say how bad it was trying to get in, I got a bit, that's a bit, right? And then I saw all the other comments. I've never felt so furious about football in a long, long time. The headline shouldn't be about who won and who lost this weekend. It should be about that. Because we're in 2023, and if something like that happens, again, there's been no lessons learned. The fact that it's potential to happen is a disgrace. It's disgusting. And then, like you said, the fans will get the blame, even though it's the fans reporting it online saying this needs fixed, this needs fixed. Mm-hmm. And then all those messages will get lost online, won't they? Because we will get the blame. And I'm sick to death. I'm sick of the snobbery in Scotland that the fans get as well. Oh, they're to blame for this, they're to blame. The fans and the whole of Scottish football give more to this country than anyone else, right? Snobbery's done more damage to this country than anything else. And the fact that it's not been looked at, it's not been talked about more, is a disgrace. If there's a 0.01% chance that someone might get slightly injured in a game, that's too much. So it needs to get addressed. And I really, really hope folks start pushing for this because I thought it was an absolute disgrace. I actually feel myself getting really angry. That's not like me. No, but again, it feeds feeds into the culture of um, authority versus the working classes. And that's, you know, we're going right back here to 1989. We're going right back. Uh, to one of the, the worst days in so many people's lives where you know people go to the football and then that happens and they don't come home. And you know, people might think I'm overreacting here. I'm not I'm not overreacting. The way that football fans are treated for going to a football game is because there's a mentality within the authorities, including the police, that you know we're just the scum of the earth. We're treated like second class citizens. Are rugby fans treated like that, Jerry? We know the answer to that. We know the answer to that. So, yeah, please do share your experiences with JP. Um, and as I said before, in a different way, collectively, if everybody comes together with things like this, you can make a big difference, can't you? So, um, it's all about evidence gathering at this stage. Now, Franny, well done. Always an absolute pleasure to hear from you. Tizzy is pronounced Tizzy. 
Tizzy. Tizzy. Sorry, so Tizzy Gallagher, there we go. We're supporting Tizzy Gallagher, who is the current Commonwealth champion, WBO world title in France on the 24th of November. And How do you know he's not lighting us up? You know what Franny's oh, like? Franny's a good book, a good lad. <laughs> and, and by the way, just check check out uh, Tizzy on her Twitter page. I don't know if she's on um, Instagram, that other one, Instagram, because I've not on it yet. Uh, I'm probably about 10 years late to the party, Jerry, but such are, are, are the ways with these I've things. just joined. I've just joined it. I'm on Instagram now, Troops. Find I me. think it's too late for me to join, Jerry. It's like, I'm 45, late. right? If I went and joined oh, Instagram joined Instagram and got a tattoo, I think my wife start, would start asking questions, right? <laughs> I think so, she should start asking questions already with your obsession with Matt O'Reilly. <laughs> let's move on to Matt. Right, so... <laughs> a big game performance against Atletico Madrid. Um, he was awarded with that beautiful gong. It was the champion. What do you call that? A star ball. Oh, Matt had a ball. lovely gong, didn't he? It was beautiful. Yeah. It was so nice. Okay. <laughs> he, he was outstanding. And then we spoke about Romano jumping on the, the Matt O'Reilly bandwagon. Come on, son. Talking about the valuation of Matt O'Reilly, if he was to leave Celtic, it would be for a record fee. We know the record fee is £25 million. Times two, it was Tierney, it was Jota. Both deals involved Celtic. So you're looking at that thinking, oh, you're 25 million quid. I don't want to lose him. Then, since then, Brentford have been uh, named. Brighton have been named. These are suitors. These are clubs that are interested in taking Matt down the road. Um, very soon, you would expect him to be a full Danish cap. He's already broken himself into the, the, the main squad. I'm going to say it, Jerry. If somebody comes in with £25 million in January, I'm not selling Matt O'Reilly. The timing is wrong. The timing is wrong. We can't... We're in a transitional period in many ways here where I think Brennan Rogers is making do with the squad that he's got and he's doing brilliantly. And I, and I agree wholeheartedly with quite a lot of the comments I've seen. I think we've got a really good core group, but that core group's not big enough. You know, 14 players went all fit because you've got the squad who started at the weekend couple of the guys on the bench and Rio Atati out injured and uh, Lila Bad out injured. You've got a core group. Uh, beyond that, you know, I, I don't think the quality is there. Some of the guys Stephen Sloan mentioned earlier, the quality might be there, but it will take time. You do not at this point allow another one of your star men who whose star is at its very brightest and rising. You don't let, allow him to go at this stage. Not a chance. Now, I know it's probably not the best way to look at valuations, but if a certain player can go to Ajax for £25 million, we're not letting him go for anything less than £1 billion. <laughs> no, I put it as a joke about like £1 billion, I beat it. But They've never been the same. Ajax have never been the same since they bought Calvin Blassie. They're now sitting at the bottom of the league. <laughs> at the bottom of the table. <laughs> How they managed to get, what, 20 million back for them, I do not know. Who knows? Who knows? That was the craziest thing, but that's the way I look at it. Not just Blassie. Look at all these players in the Premier League that are getting moves, and you're trying to tell me players haven't got better. The, the money's just got bigger. Other players are the same. Why is our money not getting bigger? I'm telling you right now, if we let Matt O'Reilly go for anything less than record-breaking, I'm not going to be happy. But why is why is, why is he picked now Romanov? Romanov, is it Romanov? You say it. Um, Romanov. Fabrizio, Fabrizio Romano, you're thinking... Let's just call him Wee Fab. Right, Wee Fab. At Hearts, remember? Oh, Romanov, that's right. So why has he chose Matt O'Reilly? He's never said that about Jota or Hitatis or 
why now? He's hearing something. He knows that this everyone's looking at Matt O'Reilly, especially because he's he's doing it in the Champions League. Can I be so cynical? Can I be cynical, right? Of course. Of course. Um, so I was reading that Celtic's Twitter page took a 40,000 um, followers, you know, hike, took a hike after that performance midweek. We know Champions League's where it's at, right? So you look at the clickbait, the clickbait, the clickbait <laughs> element of that tweet, right? That's going to get a huge amount of traction. I've not looked at the traction, but you think about the impressions that that tweet's going to get from an account that's already got a massive following and an account that is monetized. So see, when I look at monetized Twitter accounts, I don't even know how to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, Fabrizio Romano, I'm pretty sure, gets enough uh, right to be able to throw out a few wee clickbaits ones here and there, knowing that the traction's there. People are looking at trends all the time, Jerry, right? People know there's plenty out there who knew at a certain time there was traction to creating Celtic content, so they've jumped on the bandwagon and done it. There are people out there who have done that. We're Celtic fans from all over the world, New Zealand and Japan and Australia and whatever. So I can only speak for... Um, and Govan. And Govan. 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 No Govan, mate. No Govan. Aye, that, that's a different story, that one. Um, so I, I think there was a wee element of that. Celtic were hot. Celtic were on the trend. You know, the whole Champions League thing. And he chucked that wee tweet out. And I'm sure it's made him a few quid because Aye, his, his account is monetized as well, Jerry. I'm cynical when it comes to some of these things. No, I like that. I like that. And there was another thing some fans were going, stop telling everyone about our great player. Because they're going, and I thought, well, look at the other way. He's telling everyone, you ain't going to get him for any more less than a record transfer now. You know what I mean? It helps in a way, but I like that. Maybe it's trying to monetize. I think Matt really loves it here, mate. I think he absolutely loves it here. Um, We would never obviously hold him back for his big move because it's going to happen eventually. But he might just be that player that stays that little bit longer than we expected because of his love for the club. And I just hope the club repay that love by... They're going to have to up his contract again. I know he's just signed another one, but it might be in his contract that if he scores so many goals or plays so well, he's got to get more money. So I just hope we can keep a hold of him because he's absolutely brilliant. If I'm Brendan Rodgers, right, I'm, I'm looking at Matt O'Reilly right now and I'm, I'm basically saying to him, right, you finish this season, you win us the double, you continue that level of performance at the uh, European level in the Champions League, you break in and play for Denmark. See, once the summer comes round, you're not looking at Brentford and Brighton. You're looking at a different calibre of football team. And I think that is the selling point that Rodgers will be uh, trying to push towards Matt O'Reilly. Again, you pick up wee snippets here and there. Apparently O'Reilly is so focused on his game, preparation, the mental aspect of it, the fitness, the dietary, the whole thing. He's got the whole lot mapped out. Um, and I don't think it's all about chasing the dollar. I really don't. I mean, he's a guy that took a step back um, when he was at Fulham. It was his decision. He wasn't freed. He, you know, the, the contract wasn't terminated. He decided not to sign a new contract without having anything lined up, Jerry. That's how forward-thinking and, and wow. fixed he is in his view. And he was out the game for several months at the worst point possible during a pandemic, and it worked out for him. So I think he will have, for me, he will have confidence in his own decision-making as well. So it's not as though he will allow uh, other other uh, factors or, or agents or all this kind of stuff to sway him. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I want to talk quickly about the Celtic and Admira Wacker uh, partnership. We have tried this uh, before. Um, What's this tried... partnership? So 
Celtic, obviously, we, we speak time and time again, Jerry, about the fact that um, we we can't get this, the fringe players uh, competitive football, right? So some of the guys that Stephen Sloan mentioned, and even the ones I mentioned, they're not playing football in any way, shape or form, unless we get a testimonial game at Air United and we set up a, a kind of B team to go and play. So they're not getting the football that they need. It's no good for any footballer not getting a game of football for six months or longer. So Celtic set up, and they've done it previously, and they've done it uh, with Ujpest Dosha uh, over in Hungary. Oh, where yeah. We had a, a, an understanding where we could supply them, um, and, and Ujpest actually supplied them with a manager in Willie McStay, but we could supply them with players. So Admira Waka, I've got a couple of our younger players at the moment. Um, Toby Oliemi, unfortunately, the unluckiest goalkeeper we've had in a long time. He got injured as soon as he went over there, which happened when he went to Ireland as well. But um, I was reading with interest over the weekend, the SFA are looking to relax their rules on dual ownership of football clubs. So what it would allow you to do, in, in theory, it would allow Celtic to buy into a club like Admira Wacker or someone else um, and then start filtering their players to them. Right, so I'm looking at that, thinking, "Wow, that'd be phenomenal if, if you could do that dual ownership." Mm-hmm. It might not be with Admira Wacker, although they were at the game um, the other night. They've been speaking about the partnership that they've got with Celtic, so it looks as though it's all going in the right direction. The one thing I found quite interesting, and I don't agree with it, is uh, people are saying, "Oh no," but other big clubs from other leagues might do the same as some of the Scottish teams in our league, and that means they'll be stronger. I welcome that. I absolutely <laughs> welcome that. You imagine three or four big teams in England going to Hearts, Aberdeen, Kilmarnock, whoever it is, and supplying them with five or six players every single season and having that partnership. And they're better teams, so we have to raise our levels. I don't see a negative in that. No, I don't want our league to get better, mate. That's mad, of course. I know. Do you know what it always reminds me of? I do remember now. That always reminds me, remember when your local town would twin up with another town somewhere? Yes. That's what it's like. You're like, oh, we're twin town with somewhere in Germany. There might be some German women coming over here. <laughs> you know, always reminds me of that. Right. You want to, you want to know what um, Dunfermline is twinned with? It's a Norwegian town and it's called Trondheim. And that is where Harold Bratback was born. That's where oh, wow. the old Bratback was born, Trondheim, aye. So there you go. Um, and Yes, yes. I'll be up is. for this Christmas. You will be. I've just, just written Jim Leishman okay. into a part of me. <laughs> Big Jim. Big, Big Jim. Jim. I'm the biggest legends for me, and I actually spoke about this with my pal Martin O'Neill last night. Sorry, I'm just doing that for the crack. I'll tell you why <laughs> I said that. you, Brendan and Martin, going out for a wee double date, mate? Well, we could. I've only done it because this is the biggest name drop of the show Paddy Lavery, there you go. There must be a name drop from Bola in the studio. Who's the next name to be drawn out? Yours, Paddy. Yours I'm going to name drop forever now, by the way, genuinely. If I drop the ball in the pitch, I'm already to name drop or not. The thing is, Jerry, people need to realise it's tongue-in-cheek, but we're really not taking ourselves as seriously as some folk think. It's just it's an honour and a privilege to uh, spend time Oh, aye, there he is. The ball for <laughs> any opportunity I can get. You photoshopped it. Um, no, it is, it's a privilege to spend any time, any kind of time. And see, when I do find myself in that position, Jerry, you know, I don't ask for a selfie. I don't ask for any of that. What I try and do is find out more information so I can. You never ask for photos. I've noticed that about you. Would you? <laughs> Kidding. Right. I, well, you I do. Yeah. Aye. 
But but the thing is, I, I try and get more information from him. I want to know what Martin O'Neill thought about Raphael Shite. I want to know what he thought about Ayol Berkovic. These are the things I want to know. So I didn't have a time to get my phone out and all that kind of stuff. I'm just asking him all these questions. Do you want to know about these players, Jerry, just before we go? The biggest name drop at the end. Do you want to know about these players? So, Henry Larson obviously became uh, the king of kings um, and he had shown what he could do under previous managers, Vim Janssen, uh, Joseph Vengloss and John Barnes stroke Kenny Dalglish. Then Martin O'Neill comes in and everything goes up levels. Everything goes up levels. And with regards to, to Henrik, you take it for granted. He's a top man. He has been the top man for some time by this stage. He wasn't the best paid player at the club. He wasn't the best paid player at the club when Martin O'Neill took over. And, you know, when you think about it, you, you, you may be looking at it going, all right, okay, because we went and signed Ayo Berkovic for something like five and three quarter million quid, right? And he was getting more money than the bold Henrik. That's mental. So Martin O'Neill walks in and he's like, let's sort that one out, right? <laughs> you know? Good. So uh, the other one was um, Raphael. So I remember this rumour flying about for ages, and it would be easily dismissed. Um, the the reason Martin O'Neill wore number 31 on his training top and all this kind of stuff was at one of his first training sessions at Celtic, he was standing on the sidelines with Tommy Burns, who was retained, obviously, as part of the backroom team. He ended up going to uh, look after the youth development, done an amazing job, to the point where Lennox Town should be named after him. Um, the Carlton boy, there he is. He's on my mug. There you go. Yeah, social recluse. Love it, love so, um, they're standing at the side of the park. As I say, this is an absolute fiction. This was made up by somebody, but it ran for ages. And Mark O'Neill pointed to a player on the park and says, who's that guy? Who's that number 31? Because if you check it, he was number 31. Tommy Bourne says, that's Rafael Shea from Brazil. Right, okay. I'm taking his squad number because I'll play for Celtic before he does. That was the quip. That was the quip. However, people will show you Mark O'Neill managing Leicester City with the number 31. So it's, it's no the reason why. Right. The reason why he wears a number 31 will be revealed if you come along to Greenock and see us in um, an audience with Martin O'Neill with uh, a Celtic state of mind. I can't give you all the stories because we'll have nothing to talk about when it comes to Greenock yeah. on January the 26th. But um, it is an absolute uh, pleasure to speak to all these people. And it's also a pleasure to speak to you, Jerry, and everybody in the comment section. And anybody who's coming along tomorrow night, if you've sent me any kind of messages or whatever, I'm going to be working on them in the next few hours. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm not off the radar. And I hope to see some of you there as well. Come and say hello. It's always a great night there at Don Max when we're doing the Axon thing with, with 3XL. So I'm really looking forward to that. Please, if you can, support me, Jamie Tierney, um, in any way, shape or form, even if it is donating a football jersey to us. And by the way, we've taken in football jerseys, prints, canvases, all sorts of things. We'll take anything that we think we can change and turn into um, an item that we can donate or we can raffle or we can auction to make some money for the wee guy. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you once again, Jerry Taylor, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network. 
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.